This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. There is some explicit language in this episode. Listener discretion is advised. Now enjoy the show. Kill the kid! Kill the kid! Let the master Kill the kid! Kill the kid! Hell, boy, they sure hate you. But at least they know my name. Ain't that right, Sheriff Garrett? <laughs> you tell me, outlaw. Pat, what are you wasting your time for? No, this one ain't got half a brain. Deputy Olinger, now hold on. Better shut your mouth, Deputy. Go join that crowd with your bloodlust. My bloodlust? Oh, you got some balls calling me savage. There's a reason they want your neck cracking and not mine. You want to give me my Winchester? I'll lick the whole lot of them raving fools out there. But until then, I ain't done nothing worth dying for. Governor has a warrant out that says otherwise, son. I'm sorry. Nah, it's all right, Sheriff Garrett. Both of us know the tribulations of living under the federal toll. <laughs> I must say, Deputy, this kid Antrim, Billy Bonnie, whatever you want to call him, he seems peaceful enough under the circumstances. I've lived as I had to. Never wanted nothing but to make a name for myself. Papers in the law just decided to do it for me, without consultation, mind you. But what's the use of looking on the gloomy side of everything? Laughs on me this time. Let me hear him again. There he is! I see him! I see Billy the Kid! Driver, pick up the damn pace! Get us out of this madness! Oh, come on, Pat. I got something to say to them. Hey, everybody! You're damn right it's me! Come on down and watch Billy the Kid die! It'll be a hell of a show, I guarantee! Hi, I'm Vanessa Richardson. And I'm Carter Roy. Welcome to Famous Fates, a ParCast original exclusive to Spotify. Each week, we'll release five fresh episodes centered around a common theme, such as Hollywood icons, influential women, or music legends. In each episode, we'll take a close look at the remarkable life of a different person. With the help of voice actors, we'll dramatize their incredible lives, reimagining their greatest and weakest moments. 
then we'll examine their controversial deaths. Some deaths came too soon, some remained shrouded in mystery, and some changed the world forever. Today we're covering Wild West outlaw Henry McCarty, better known as Billy the Kid. Records say he was shot to death at age 21, but legends say otherwise. You can find episodes of Famous Fates and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. To stream Famous Fates for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Famous Fates in the search bar. Famous Fates is a Spotify exclusive, so you can only find it on Spotify. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. Now, back to the life of Henry McCarty. Today we'll be looking into the brief life and times of Henry McCarty. Also known as Henry Antrim. Also known as William Bonney. But mainly, of course, known as Billy the Kid. Such an innocent name for an infamous outlaw of the Old West. While most nicknames for killers on the frontier leaned heavily on romanticizing their bearers, Billy's nickname wasn't too far off from the truth. He lived a short, violent, desperate 21 years. And he went out swinging, burning his mark on the history books. The truth is, Billy wasn't that bad a guy. Sure, he was a thief. And no prison cell was ever able to hold him. But unlike some of those he ran with or shot at, he wasn't a cold-blooded killer. Born sometime in the late summer of 1859 outside New York City, Billy's given name was Henry McCarty. The son of Catherine Devine. The real identity of his father has never been known to history. An identity already in flux. Catherine promptly moved Henry and his younger brother Joseph to the Midwest. It was there she met and fell in love with William Henry Harrison Antrim. William became the first major masculine figure in young Henry McCarty's life. He took the entire clan with him to New Mexico, and they settled in Silver City. Tragically, Catherine was dead of tuberculosis by 1874. Henry would soon learn that his new life wasn't the stable promise it had at first seemed to be. Henry, take this. Drink it. Go on. Thanks. I've had beer before, you know. I know you're still grieving, son. So am I. And it ain't no excuse to simply laze around. It's been a week since you passed. Listen to me. You want to take the time to sit around even a day too long someplace. That's it. That's the end. God damn it, my mother's dead! What am I supposed to do? What you need to do is pack your bags. You and your brother are leaving tomorrow for the boarding house. Wait, what? I never agreed to raise you. That was your mother's burden. Trust me, it'll turn out better this way. This is Joe's home. The only one he's known. Joe's fine. It's you who's afraid. Don't lie to me. Look at me, son. This ain't your home. Ain't nobody's home no more. Just a dream your mother had. Time for us to wake up and keep living. Cold. Antrim had a practical mind. And even if it hurt, his advice was the only guidance Henry had. Put away in the boarding house, he tried his hand at washing dishes, keeping his life clean and simple. But he could never shake the thought that there was something bigger out there for him. A claim to stake, a name to make. And youthful desire like that is easily exploited. 
A low-down Silver City crime boss named Sombrero Jack got Henry into the thieving business. Well, now that's a nickname. <laughs> Sombrero Jack talked big, but didn't exactly have the clout he may have projected. Within a few weeks, Henry was locked in jail. Just picture this poor kid, barely 16 years old, alone and cut off from all support, abandoned, forced into solitary and mistreated by the guards. Well, Henry couldn't picture it himself for very long. After only 48 hours, Henry McCarty executed his first escape from jail. Cleverly complaining about conditions on the inside, the sheriff took pity on the kid and let him roam about the facility. Well, little did they know, Henry had communicated with a friend to be ready with a rope atop the chimney. And within minutes, he was gone. But where did he have to go? Christ, Henry, what the hell are you doing here? Please, William, I, I, I need to stay here. Just, just for a little while. Calm yourself. Have a seat. What, no beer this time? What have you gotten yourself into? Nothing. Nothing worth talking about, that's for sure. Think I didn't hear? Don't get up. Sheriff's on his way. Let's finish this easy, quick. This doesn't have to be your end. You rotten bastard. You good for nothing. Halt that phrasing, son. Don't you dare call me son. I ain't nothing to you. That's clear. I ain't nothing at all in this town. Don't make me draw on you. Like you got the balls, old man. You run now, you'll never stop. You understand that? What I understand is I gotta keep moving. That's what you told me, ain't it? Keep living? A jail cell in goddamn Silver City doesn't sound like any life to me. We'll return to our story in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, the story continues. At the age of 16, Henry became an outlaw. He would remain one for the rest of his living days. Like many lost souls in those years, Henry dove into the western frontier as if it were a fresh baptism. He made it to the Arizona Territory, working under the famous rancher Henry Hooker. Life was skin of the teeth rough, and the tricks Umbrow Jack taught young Henry were hard to shake loose. Especially when a little more cash meant the difference between life and death. And if you lie down with the dogs, you're sure to meet a few similar-minded fleas. Mind if I take a seat, Boyle? Go ahead, have a drink. But you gotta tell me where that accent's from. I hail from the faraway spithole known as Scotland. And I sincerely hope you've never heard of her. <laughs> oh, I've heard. Never had the pleasure of meeting one of her fair denizens. What are you all about? Barely understand you Americans. You look mighty young to be out here on your own. Ain't we all? I'll drink to that. To the youngest rustler I ever did meet. Whoa, keep your voice down. What did you just accuse me of? Accuse? Oh, you're too much, lad. No need to lie here. We're both just looking for a little luck in life, aren't we? No, I don't think so. I've heard all about Kid Antrim around these parts. That is you, correct? Correct. Well, I'm John Mackey, Kid Antrim, an associate of one Mr. Jesse Evans and the boys. Them you've heard of. I know that. Jesse Evans? Hell, of course I have. 
You run with the boys? Just a bunch of young men with the stars over their hats and the ground beneath their feet. And a few dozen stolen horses hanging about as well. Evans interested in me? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Intrigued, compelled to learn more, but interested? I don't get interested in just any man. Good Lord, the Scott ain't lying. Jesse Evans, it sure is something to meet you. What do you say? Henry, is it? Reckon you'll lend the boys your talents for a night or two? We got our eyes on a fine pack of stallions. Come on, boyo. I see it in your eyes. The need. No reason to be ashamed. Only foolish men are ashamed of their needs. Well, shit. I'll shake those hands, boys. And call me Kid. The Kid knew where he stood, on the wrong side of the law. And he knew forgiveness would not be coming his way anytime soon. So when the offer arrived to join one of the most infamous gangs in the territories, maybe the kid saw the potential to find a new family. And cement his new identity. The kid, Billy Antrim. A tribute to his stepfather? Mm, I'm thinking more of a middle finger to the old man. Decided to drag his name through the mud along with him. With the identity of an outlaw comes the costs. In 1877, while staying in Camp Grant, the kid fell into a deadly conflict. Well, damn, Cahill. I do believe I have wiped the floor with you once again. Mayhaps cards just ain't your calling. What? God damn it, you cheating, lying pimp. Run with Evans and his cutthroats. Think you're tough? You're just digging an early grave. Watch your tongue, you son of a bitch. Evans and the boys ain't done nothing to you. He ain't, but you just cheated me at $10. I think that calls for a whooping. Uh, get yourself off of me. Not till you're bleeding through that cocky smile, kid. Uh. In the defensive struggle, the kid was forced to pull the trigger. Windy Cahill became the first to fall to the kid's guns. And predictably, the kid found no refuge with Evans or the boys and fled alone once again into the West. Apache stole his horse and the kid walked for days through the harsh sun and landscape. He collapsed at the door of another ne'er-do-well friend, John Jones, member of the Seven Rivers Warriors. Luckily for the kid, Jones's mother, Barbara, saw something worth sparing in him. Where? Oh, shush now. You're lucky to be alive. Where am I? Safe, for now. Billy Antrim, this is Johnny's mother. Oh, I don't mean to be a burden. Oh, don't disrespect me with some useless apology. You one of those killers that run with Jesse Evans? No, I, I'm no killer. Well, I wasn't. Christ, I, I just don't know who I am anymore. Oh, dry your eyes. You're just a boy. I can see that. But this is your chance. You understand? Not many like you get one like this. Lord has kept you alive for a reason. I'm alone. Ain't got no one. Even the boys left me for dead. Lord knows why I thought they'd stand by my side. Turn from this life. Hell, stay here in Picos Valley if you must. Don't go looking for family. You're never going to find one like that. Thank you for saving my life. No thanks either, if you don't mind. Just get yourself back on the straight and narrow. Keep that name clean, Billy Antrim. Billy never went back to roost with Evans or his wrestlers. He set off again, dropping the moniker of Antrim. While he kept working ranch jobs and rustled the occasional horse, Billy remained a solo agent. At the end of his rope, he stumbled into Lincoln County, unaware that his next few decisions would forever immortalize him in history. 
He didn't know it yet, but there was a war brewing in Lincoln, and Billy was about to choose his side. Bartender, another round, please. Put it on my tab. No need, sir. Not looking for charity. Oh, Alexander does not do charity work. He's only greasing the wheels for me. I don't think we've got too many crossing interests. I see that gun on your belt. Interesting enough for me. You know where you are, kid? Lincoln County. It's what the sign said, at least. That's right. I'm John Tunstall. And this is my associate, Alexander McSween. We're businessmen. And lovers of liberty, eh? Which puts across purposes with certain local powers. Jimmy Dolan and his thugs? The Santa Fe Trio? The very same. Why, I told you he was going to be the man for us. I ain't your man. The proposal's simple, my boy. That trio has been gunfighting in these lands for years. And let's just say I'm not even proficient in loading one of those machines. We're looking for hands with deliberate trigger fingers. Clear and simple. That sound like you? I ain't much for killing. Good lord, neither are we. Precisely why I think Alexander and I would make far more reasonable men of means in Lincoln County than Dolan and his... What word was it you used? Thugs. Yes, frighteningly accurate. No funny business? The way I see it, the frontier can be ruled in two ways. Iron-fisted or democratically. Driven by the market and the god who loves it. Shit, I don't know nothing about the economy. I appreciate straight talk. And something about those accents always gets me. (laughs) Brilliant. So it's a deal then, Mr... Bonnie. William Bonnie. But you can call me the kid. Everyone else seems to. With a simple handshake, Billy went from a wanderer to a stationed soldier for hire. Billy believed this could be a chance to turn his life around, working for legitimate and idealistic businessmen like Tunstall and McSween. But that idealism was misplaced in Lincoln County. See, that group Tunstall was hoping to oppose, James Dolan and the Santa Fe Trio, they had made their fortune on monopolistic trading contracts held over the entire county. And they insured these holdings by paying off the local law, like Lincoln Sheriff William Brady, to act as their own private army. They also had pockets deep enough to hire the most vile mercenaries around. With Tunstall in their sights, they hired the worst of the worst. Billy's old friend, Jesse Evans. On the night of February 17, 1878, John Tunstall rode into a confrontation with Evans and Brady and ended up dead. Thus started one of the more infamous conflicts in Wild West history, the Lincoln County War. And as if they rode in right off a movie screen, a group of gunfighters rose up in the name of Tunstall and Justice. After the kid and his ally Dick Brewer tried to arrest Dolan's corrupt Sheriff Brady in the streets of Lincoln, they found Dolan's searchlights turned on them. Backed into a corner, things looked grim. But Billy Bonney now had friends in high places. Backed by Alexander McSween, U.S. Marshal Rob Windeman brought together the kid, Brewer, and about 20 other local ranchers and lawmen. All right, man, quiet down. Brewer, talking to you in particular. Marshal, excuse the words that passed through my lips, but we're all just ready to get this thing going. Let's keep this straight. This posse ain't about vengeance, though the bastards may deserve it. This is about keeping our eyes forward for Lincoln County instead of backward. Tunsil's blood is barely dry. Forgive us for the fiery speak. That fiery speak isn't going to impress the justice walking this direction now, Skurlock. Seems the justice has already acknowledged what must be done, and the type of men needed to do it. Best hold your tongue, Ab, lest I acknowledge my own mistake in gathering you all. Excuse me, Marshal. 
Excuse us all. After the night Dick and I just had behind Brady's bars, tensions are riled. Little Bill speaking up. You see, sir, John Tunstall was more than an employer to us. He was an honorable man. Gave people a chance in this life, instead of snatching it away and hoarding it for himself. He told a line in dangerous sand. Reason we're all here today, far as I can tell, ain't to spill blood. Never has been. It's to keep that line from blowing away in some foul wind. Fine words for an uneducated scoundrel. I try my best. That the kid does. Believe we all stand with Billy there, don't we? Then dust off your boots and straighten those hats. Here comes the law of the United States government with a few spare stars. Gathered under Wittenman and local justice John Wilson, the posse became officially deputized. Deemed the regulators, they would take the fight to Dolan, Brady, Evans, and corrupt forces of Lincoln County aligned against them. Many cowboys would make their names and reputations fighting for the regulators, the most renowned amongst them being Dick Brewer, Doc Spurlock, Ab Saunders, and Charlie Beaudry. Despite the size of the regulators, though, one name would soon stand in infamy above all the others. Billy's. For the next six months, the regulators engaged various factions of Dolan's group in gunfights across the county. It's incredible to think such engagements were part of American history at the turn of the 20th century. An army built by crime lords facing off against a federally deputized squadron of malcontents. Some of them outlaws themselves. The drama of this conflict was not lost on the American public or the press. And it was during this short time period that Billy the Kid's name spread as far as his forgotten home of New York. Ironically, prescient of the American condition. Though Billy was a scrappy and dedicated member of the regulators, due only to the iconic nature of his name, Feats accomplished by others were attributed to him. Unfortunately, so were crimes. On April 14th, Dick Brewer led the regulators into a fight against Sheriff Brady and the well-known folk icon Buckshot Roberts. In the heat of battle, Dick Brewer was shot down. And so were Brady, Roberts, and another of Brady's men. The night fell in favor of the regulators, but the prominent deaths of Brady and especially Roberts drew negative press their way. It's unknown whether or not Billy Bonney was even present in this historic moment for the regulators. Yet he found himself accused of the killings alongside Doc Spurlock. These charges, spurred along by ignorant reports and wild speculation, would dog him for the rest of his life. The heat began to close in around the regulators as the Santa Fe trio realized they were a threat to be taken seriously. On July 14th, a colonel enlisted by Dolan approached the heart of Lincoln with militaristic flair. The short version, they brought a huge Gatling gun. All right, let's root them out. Fire! What remained of the regulators took up defensive positions throughout town. Using brazen sniper tactics, our guys were able to hold Dolan's men off for five days straight. But soon, the survivors were pushed back into a final outpost, Alexander McSween's house. From there, all it took was a match to destroy the remnants of Billy the Kid's final family. This is it. They've ruined me. They've ruined us all, goddammit. Move your ass. Billy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Son of a... You murderer! And you're next! Oh! Guess not. Billy! They got Alexander, and are fixed to roast the rest of us fools. Like hell they are. McSween's basement's got a tunnel out into the brush. Now listen up, you hear? Follow me, and the regulators live to fight another day! 
At the culmination of the Lincoln County War, as the regulators faced total extinction, Billy the Kid made his greatest contribution to the group. Leadership scattered and lost, the Kid took charge and led the surviving members out of the blaze. Despite Billy's optimism, the war was lost. The regulators were no longer needed and the group drifted apart. And while members such as Doc Spurlock and Ab Saunders would be granted amnesty and a second chance at frontier life, no such luck awaited the kid. We'll return to our story in just a moment. And now, let's continue our story. Let's jump ahead for a moment to 1880 at Hargrove Saloon in Fort Sumner, New Mexico. The night the kid met Joe Grant. Bonnie! Hey, Bonnie! What the hell is it? Fellow over there says he's looking for you. Looking for Billy? Or looking for the kid? I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. There's a mean little look on his face. Be careful. You got your eye on me? Sure do. Legend himself, Billy the Kid. Call me Joe Grant. Love meeting admirers. I can tell by that strap you're a gunslinger. In the making, perhaps. Nothing to your name yet? Don't worry. There will be. Mind if I take a closer look? Wonderful looking pearl grip there. Joe Grant, either too confident or too flabbergasted, let Billy take a look at his pistol. Billy checked the chamber and saw there were only three shots loaded. So, Billy made sure the next cylinder would fire on empty. Have a nice night now, Mr. Grant. After you, kid. Billy, watch out! Oh! It's a tricky world we live in. Ain't it, Joe? Shit, Billy, how'd you pull that? Was a game of two. And I got there first. At 20, and with a name as big as his own, perhaps Billy started thinking he really did understand the full scope of things. But a few years earlier, Billy entered a different game of two without even realizing it. Governor Wallace, an honor to be here. Ain't no honor in New Mexico territory. But congratulations all the same on the recent election. Sheriff Pat Garrett, Lincoln County's got a capable man in you. Let me prove it first, sir. I was surprised to see your amnesty orders for those vagabond regulators. Oh hell, it's time to put that conflict behind us. Dolan's ready to get on with business. It's time to let the bygones be. Notice William Bonney didn't lose his indictment. Awarded to the lad for a separate matter. Those bagging that boy would earn me some real pretty press. Same could be said of the man that catches him for me. Indeed it would, Governor. Indeed it would. Following the end of the L.C. War, Pat Garrett made it his first duty as sheriff-elect of Lincoln to hunting down and capturing the kid. Broken off from the regulators, Billy kicked around the area for a while until he had a faded run-in with old mentor Jesse Evans. At this point, Evans' increasingly deranged nature had become well-known. Evans shot and burned local attorney Houston Chapman, holding Billy at gunpoint and forcing him to watch. This must have struck a deep chord in Billy. He wrote to Governor Wallace, proposing that he finally be awarded amnesty for his actions in the Lincoln County War in exchange for testifying against Jesse Evans. He even went as far as staging a mock capture for the governor. He testified, but found himself back behind bars without promise of release. With betrayal like that basically routine at this point, Billy also found escape from the law rather routine and accomplished it easily. Which is how he finally ended up in Fort Sumner, standing over the corpse of Joe Grant. This killing, justified though it may have been, led Pat Garrett to zero in on the fort as Billy's hideout. 
Billy went on the run with the help of a few friends from the regulator days, including Charlie Beaudry. Yet after a month, Billy's posse was cornered by Garrett's at a cabin on land called Stinking Springs. They held out for a few days, but after Beaudry was killed, the kid arranged a surrender without further violence. Garrett and his deputy, Ollinger, carted Billy back into civilization to await trial, though Billy knew it was certain death. That you, kid? Sure is, Sheriff. You certainly aren't what I expected. Don't believe everything you read. I read you were an orphan of sorts. Any truth in it? Could be said. But I've known loving people. Here and there. Orphans like the air out here, I guess. Lost everything I had in Louisiana. Parents gone. Siblings stripped from me. But somehow I never quite feel alone under the sky. Try getting behind the bars sometime. <laughs> Sorry I chased you out of Sumner. Fine place. Knew it well when I first came west. Have a girl there? Oh, Pat, do I. Paulita. Probably the nicest person I've ever met. You ain't talking about Maxwell's daughter. The very same. Old Pedro Maxwell gave me my first employment upon entering the territory not a year ago. No kidding. Maybe one day I could have called him dad. Not for you, of course. Of course. Hey, lose a long face. You ain't the one gonna be hang, hang, hanging soon. Somebody's gotta stay hopeful for us all. <laughs> Billy remained in Garrett's Lincoln jail cell, waiting out the last two weeks of his life until execution. But I think we all know Billy at this point. With stakes this high, he thought he might just have it in him for his greatest escape yet. Remember, Bill, the pat out of town, that cargo in there is to be held delicately. Now I need to take the rest of the prisoners out for a meal. He won't be leaving the property, sir. And for such an able lawman, Pat Garrett could have found a few better deputies. Of course, the minute Ollinger left, Billy asked Bell to use the outhouse. On the way back inside, Billy ran ahead and took position behind the corner. When poor Deputy Bell rounded that corner, Billy had weaseled from his handcuffs. He easily snatched Bell's revolver. Keep still, Deputy. This could be it. We both wanted to. But Bell ran. And Billy shot. With the leg iron still on, Billy took refuge upstairs in Pat Garrett's office. Armed with a shotgun, he waited for Ollinger. Bell! Where the hell are you? God damn it, the kid's loose. Look up here, old boy. See what you get. And with that brutal killing, Billy the Kid finally grew into that outlaw image he had long resisted. <laughs> That night, Billy the Kid made his final escape into the night, heard to be singing all the way out of Lincoln. Of course, with Bell and Olinger dead, Billy added another two black marks to his card. At this point, he must have known there was not much running left to do. Or maybe, in grim acceptance of his legend, Billy really thought he could inhabit the role of the kid, full of youthful vigor and the smarts to get out of any cell. In the end, though, it was the more naive and hopeful side of youth that doomed him. When Garrett learned his prize had slipped away, his fury quickly gave way into empathy. Garrett knew exactly where Billy had run to. So Garrett made his way back to Fort Sumner and knocked on his old employer, Pedro Maxwell's door. How Billy spent that night, we'll never know, though hopefully it included some time with Paulita. When the kid came back that night to Maxwell's, he headed for the room he'd been using, detached from the main house. 
Who's that in the dark? Kinnis. Kinnis. Just you and me, Billy. And I'll be leaving shortly. And like that, Billy's 21 years of life ended in a darkened room, supposedly supplied by a friend in sparse New Mexico territory. Rumors immediately sparked to life, of course, that Billy had survived, that it was all a setup between Garrett and the kid. Garrett gets the reward money and the fame, the kid gets to finally lose his name and slip into the night. Pretty romantic theory. Drama just would not quit poor Billy. Garrett put out his own record of the events, trying to clear his name, yet he only ended up dramatizing Billy's life even more. Youth in the Great West. It's like a campfire story. Too good an adventure not to believe in. Some step forward to claim his identity as their own over the years, but no DNA cross-testing has ever proved conclusive. Perhaps that would be some small comfort to him. Time will tell, but I don't think any of us will ever be able to pin him down again. Definitely just a small comfort. He came of age in a West where ambition, of any kind, was rewarded. He wanted that idealistic side of the manifest destined dream. But he ended up defined by the American public's desire to feed on notoriety and drama. Killed for being someone he was not. Even worse, in those final years, Billy the Kid became the outlaw the world wanted him to be. His myth got too real, and the storytellers knew there was only one direction left to take. The adventurous life and times of the kid became a tragedy, and his campfire was stamped out under the New Mexico stars. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes of Famous Fates and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Famous Fates is a Spotify exclusive. Well, not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easier for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Famous Fates for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Famous Fates on Spotify, just open the app and type Famous Fates in the search bar. Remember, it's a Spotify exclusive, so you can only find the show right here. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time.